It is on, yeah. Well, once again, I want to welcome you to First Baptist Church. We are so, so glad to see you, and it is so good to be home. I don't know about you. Yeah, Justin. Just amen. I am ready to be done with all the summer running. I love all of the experiences of summer, and I, I enjoy that, and I'm glad you all get your vacations and you get to go places, but I'm ready for me not to be gone, and I'm ready for you not to be gone, and for those of you that are out there away on vacations, we hope you have a good time, but come back to us quick. We are looking forward to having everybody back together again. And so it is good to be here, and I am excited this morning uh, to be able to have some of my friends join me up on the platform to, to share their experiences. Um, we had a great week in Huntington, West Virginia, and I just want you to know before they come up and they share and they speak and talk about their experiences, that our, our students and our adults represented our Lord and you extremely well. Time and time again, we had people, there are a lot of great youth groups there, and I don't mean to demean the students that anyone else brought, but time and time again, I had construction captains and squad leaders, people that were running things on site, come in and say, your kids are the hardest working kids we've got here. Your kids grind, they work. I think... I don't know how many of our kids, I think that we have chaplains on each site, and over half of the chaplains, the people that were giving the devotions every day, were from our church. And so I take, I take a personal point of pride in that, that as I'm sitting down to train the chaplains and tell them what they're supposed to do, I'm looking out and seeing familiar faces of, of my kids, of our kids, and I am so, so proud of them. I'm not going to say too much about what we, we experienced this week um, or about worship because I know one person is going to talk a little bit about that. I believe, um, but I do want to specifically um, thank the band. So one of the things that we did that was different than th this year than has been in past years, and we kind of started it last year, is that over half of the band was students from our church. Normally, um, our band consider plays, and, and we don't worry about getting the students up because it's hard. They come back from work sites, they've got to get showered up, they've got to eat dinner, and then immediately they have to leave all of the fun and games that everyone else is doing and come and jump on stage and work through a set list. And our, our band was fire last week, and they did a great job. And what you saw up here, I mean, we didn't have Preston with us, and we didn't have a bass player, but we also had Kaylin that was up singing with us, and uh, they did great. We even, um, and you'll hear this in a couple of weeks as they sing, but we even had Kay and Michaela take front and center on a couple songs, and uh, Pastor Nathan and I just st stepped back and played in the background, and they did an amazing job. So be very proud of of your student ministry and these kids and their adult leaders and all they were able to accomplish this week. I know I am, and they represented the Lord and you very, very, very well. So I want to thank them for letting me lead them and thank you for letting me go with them. And I just want to give it up for our kids this week. So the last few years, um, I know that we get to the end of summer and everything is so hectic and crazy. And I always think to myself, you know what, self, we need to do a recap of what we did on the mission trip and what we've done this summer. And then by the time I get around to trying to put it on the calendar, the summer's already over and we're into the fall. And I'm like, ah, too much time has passed. So this year, I decided that I was going to back myself into a corner. Um, so I didn't prep enough to fill a sermon slot this, this week, like, and, and I mean like a normal sermon slot, like not a normal me sermon slot, and so I was dependent upon the kids and the leaders coming and giving testimonies, and so I told them, I was like, look, I don't have much voice, and I don't have a lot to say, so y'all are going to have to speak this week, um, so be ready with some testimonies, and we had to like Shanghai a few of them and, you know, elbow them a little bit, but they're willingly coming up. Uh, to, to share what God has shown them and what they've experienced this week. Uh, so I'm going to give, I'm actually going to talk to them for a quick second. I'm going to give you all the option. Like those that are speaking, would you rather come up individually or would you rather everyone come as a posse and stand with you? Individually. All right. I got individually. All right. So whoever, um, who's first? I decided, Garrett. Garrett is first. Garrett, come on up here and... I don't know where the announcement mic is, so we're going to use this one. Is it right there? Yeah. Justin, run that up to him, please. Is it on? Oh. There you go. Well, good morning. So, 
I'd first like to thank everybody in this church because we wouldn't be able to go without them and without your guys' support. So thank you very much. So I'm going to start with the best and worst part about going because there's <laughs> obviously going to be that. So I feel like the best part was definitely the showers after. So <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely fantastic. But in all seriousness, my favorite part was the worship. It was so moving and it made a big impact on everybody that we played for. Um, I think the worst part was definitely the heat. I think everybody down there could probably agree with me. Um, anyone who has the opportunity to go next year, you've got to go. It's absolutely fantastic, and it's, it's amazing. Um, the people who we worked for, and you, once we finished the job, their face kind of lit up, and it was just really awesome and wholesome to see that everybody was just so happy that we kind of provided for them and did something that they couldn't. Um, I think, so there was, let's see, there were nine groups and we did 15 projects. So that was quite a few houses that we impacted and families that we were able to provide for. Um, I was a part of Team India. We had two projects. We tore down and replaced a deck and we also replaced the siding on a house and road improved the basement. Um, Say that again, Garrett. What did you do to the house? You siding? We replaced the siding on the side of the house. And? And rodent proofed it. Yeah, I just want you to catch that. And the actual terminology on the project was varmint proofing okay. the house. Varmint, we varmint proofed the house. True West Virginian project. Sure, yep, that's right. So, and even through all that, we still got back in time to play some games. We had some fun. Though I took naps, like after every single day, because I was tired. And um, I'd like to end in a Bible verse. Proverbs six or sixteen, verse three says, "Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be fulfilled." Amen. Thanks, Garrett. All right, who's next? McKenna. Hi. This oh okay. This was my sixth mission serve trip. So I've been on a lot of I've experienced a lot of different um, things through these trips. But I will say that this trip has been my most memorable one, mainly because of the worship sessions. A lot of different factors go into that, but mainly because of the worship sessions. Um, they were very moving. We had the band with JJ on the drums, Garrett on the cello, and Kaylin and Michaela singing. It was really great to have people my age up there, and just seeing them do that was really, really great. But then also, um, the church, the other churches that we were with, they were very um, keen on worshiping. They were very, they had like this energy with them whenever, <laughs> as the week progressed, they just got more and more excited to be up there and worshiping the Lord with like their hands raised, jumping up and down. It was a really, really cool experience for me to witness. Um, I was on I was on team uh, golf, <laughs> and we we were inside in the air conditioning for half the week. That was really nice, <laughs> and <laughs> and we tore down the ceiling and replaced it, and we took out the carpet and replaced that, and we painted the interior interior uh, walls of the building we were at, and then. Um, Halfway through the week, we finished, so we switched to a, we went outside and painted a shed. So two projects, really fun, had a great squad, great time. It was definitely one of my best mission serve experiences. So, Awesome. Here. Yeah, so, so all of you that worked on the site that um, did the carpet, stand up right quick. Those of you that are here right now. Joellen, I just want you to take note. They know how to lay carpet, okay? And I saw it, and they did a good job. So the roofing was a little bit, ah, but, but no, they did great. So just take note, we got three, and there are two more uh, around here. So I'll get you names and numbers, right? Some, some workers in training right there. They did a great job. I, I, I agree. Um, I want to add on to McKenna. Uh, the, the group from uh, New Jersey, was the, there were a, a group of kitties from, kitties, Kids from the city, right? 
And it was, kind of, it was kind of rough getting them going, and they were kind of back and subdued. But one day we were playing a song, and I think it was Reckless Love. And we got to a part, and then in rhythm we start, started hearing them going, hey, hey. And I was like, oh, it's about to get lit up in here. And they did not disappoint. Like by the end of the week, they were up front, and I was like, wow. I didn't know we became a hip-hop group, but well, I'm, for, I'm here for it. It was awesome. So we'll be expecting to add some of that flavor to our worship services in the coming weeks. <laughs> come on. All right. Uh, Lexi, come on up. All right. Before she talks, um, come on. Come on. This is Lexi Hunt. This is one of our own, born, raised, and grown here in this church. And Lexi has been with us. How many trips have you been with us, Lex? Um, with this youth group, I've been on four now. Four now, and she is the group mom. Like, she's always, before anyone can get to me with what's happened, Lexi is already to me and in my ear saying, hey, this happened, and we need to fix it. And here's what I think we need to do to fix that. A little bit of Cindy Hunt in there. But, um, <laughs> but we are so grateful uh, for Lexi being a part of our group and coming and taking a week every summer to go with us. I know the kids really appreciate, and every time they hear, you know, hey, what adult leaders are going, not that they don't appreciate everyone else, but when they hear Lexi, they're like, yes! So we're so glad to have Lexi, and she does a great job, and we're grateful for, for her time and effort. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so bear with me. I am an elementary teacher. I can talk to seven and eight-year-olds all day. Adults, different story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a preacher, but I do ramble a little bit. So um, like Jeremy said... <laughs> That, that, that is offensive. <laughs> um, so like Jeremy said, I have, was basically born and raised in this church. I've been going to this church since I was four, and I'm 25 now. Um, so I've literally grown up in the walls of this church. Um, I went on mission trips when I was in high school, and they were my absolute favorite week of the year. They truly shaped me into who I am today, and they're a big reason as to why I'm a teacher, just based on some of the things I got to do on those trips. So when I was a junior in college, or the summer going into my senior year, I got asked to come as an adult leader on the mission trips with these kids, and I was like, you're joking. I'm 21. <laughs> like, I haven't even had my senior year of college. There's no way I can be the adult leader for these kids that they need. And I was really nervous, but there was some part of me that was really determined to go because I still remember all of the leaders that went on the mission trips with me, and I'm still very grateful for them, um, and I wanted to have that experience as well. So that first year, terrifying. Um, now four years in, still scary, <laughs> but I really enjoy it. I still get confused as one of the kids um, to all the other adults on the trip, so that's a good time. Um, <laughs> But it's been such a blessing to get to watch each and every one of these kids grow, um, not only in their relationship with God, but in their relationship with each other. Like Jeremy said, they are the most incredibly hard workers that I have ever seen. Um, they are so motivated. They are so respectful. And watching them get to interact with the people that we meet on the mission trips, not just the kids, but the homeowners, the adults, it's really impressive. Um, especially the ones that were up in the band, like McKenna said, it's really neat to see them have so much confidence um, to get up in front of people their age and speak and be able to, you know, sing and spread the gospel. Um, so this year, my team was in charge of fixing um, an older lady's front porch and back porch, as well as repainting a senior center. Um, and unfortunately, my girls that were on my team are not here right now, um, but they were absolutely incredible. The way they interacted with the seniors at the senior center and our homeowner was just so incredible to watch. Because of these kids, I've been able to grow in my faith and grow my relationship with God, as well as watching them and just kind of figuring out how to adult and how to keep that childlike faith with me as I get older. So it's been a really great experience. I would recommend to anyone, adult or youth, who wants to go on a trip, to talk to Jeremy and get involved because it's probably, it still is my favorite week of the year and I'm 25 now, so. I'm only mildly offended. 
and I, I would like to say that the use of the term uh, ramble is probably a bit strong, a bit strong, and uh, I, I will not be quenching the spirit anytime soon, okay? No, I thank you, Lexi. It, it is great. I, Lexi's group is one, just about every year, I go to Lexi's site, and Lexi says, so, just so you know, our construction captain said, we need to do this, and we said, no, we're doing this, and I was like, okay, and, and normally the leader ends up coming to me and says, hey, I respect the resolve of the leadership of, of your adults, and the desire, because it's normally the leader wants them to move on to something else before the first thing is finished, and our kids and Lexi have an inability to leave the uncompleted thing and move on to the next thing until the uncompleted thing is finished, and so that's a good trait, and I love watching Lexi continue to lead and stand strong. We're going to work on, um, we're going to on, work on her threatening voice next year so that she can scare the kids a little bit more, because she's not great about that, but we're going to work on the angry voice in the future, but she does a great job. Who wants to go next? All right, JJ, come on up, my man. Microphone to the mouth. So I didn't really prepare for this. Just, this, <laughs> just now decided I was going to do it. Um, it's not going to be super exciting, but I, <laughs> I got to unite with all my friends from West Virginia. They never told me that they were going, so that was a cool surprise. Um, I really enjoyed our second site, our, um, our house owner that we were working for. I was with Team India with Garrett, Townsend, and Jaden, um, and, and Josh. <laughs> Josh was there, too. Um. Josh was there, too. <laughs> she, she really wanted to be there and work with us, which was pretty exciting. And she would come over, talk with us, want to be with the group. Really like that, and I really enjoyed watching the New Jersey kids over there whenever we were playing for the band. They always had a good time, dancing, singing. And that was pretty cool. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. All right, come on, pop on up. That's right. Okay. Hello, my name is Madeline. <laughs> this is my sixth mission serve trip this year and my first year as a uh, leader intern. And so I was on team golf with McKenna and Lindsay and then Lauren and Gabby who are not here. And so we did get to work in the AC, which was really nice. <laughs> um, and so yeah, we worked on ceiling tiling and carpeting and painting and then our second site was painting the shed um, but my favorite part of this trip was actually getting to see the girls in my group interact with the others and them uh, shining God's love and you can just see how they're such hard workers and it was just really cool to experience that and I enjoy going every year all right so one of the things that we do as a church that is different than what some other churches do is uh, we make sure that one of our adults is with every group that has our kids. So there's, there's no group that our kids go to where one of our representatives isn't, leaders isn't with them. But this year, uh, I was, you know, we were looking like we were going to be around the 10-15 mark, and in the last, like the 11th hour, we had a flood of kids come in, and so I ended up being one adult short. And so I knew we had Madeline, and she was in college. Technically, they're supposed to be two years out of high school before we use them as adults, and, uh, but I needed an adult. And so I said, Madeline, you're up, kid. Like, you are now an adult. I dub thee a grown-up, and so you will be a junior adult. I'm going to give you the authority. You won't be a squad leader, per se, but you're going to be my representative on your site. And she did an amazing job, and she is always welcome to come and join us. I also am looking forward to get Mr. Clay Greenewalt back with us, and uh, he's going to be a construction captain in the near future leading a construction site because he does a great job when he's with us too. So we're looking forward to that. I informed him of that this morning, but that's news to the parents right now. So <laughs> who's next? Anyone else? All right, come on, Jaden. Um, hi, I'm Jaden. 
this is my first year going on a mission serve mission trip, and we weren't even sure. I didn't, I didn't even know about the trip until four days before we left. So I had three days to pack, and it was a it was a lot, but. I made it through the packing, and I made it to the bus. <laughs> and uh, I got on this bus not knowing a lot of people. I sat down on a chair by myself and watched my phone most of the ride, not talking, just listening to the conversations. And when we got in, I talked to Joel. He's not here. We were just talking about basketball, and then Tristan. And then I was sitting on my bed, just got to talk and realized that these guys I was with, they're really cool and just really enjoyed spending time with them and Team India, Garrett, JJ, Townsend, Bryn, and True Fosa. They're not here. They're from New Jersey, but they're pretty cool. And, and Josh. And Josh. And, and Josh. And Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they just, I, I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know a lot of people. They just... They were there, they were, we, we were talking, and now I feel like we're good friends. But even all that, I feel like the best part of this trip, I was telling my grandma about it yesterday, and it felt kind of weird saying it, but I like to make, it felt really good because we made the homeowner cry, but not in the bad way. We, <laughs> she, we built her a deck, and she came out, and she was like hugging us and just had tears and it felt really good to be able to say, like, wow, we made her feel that. Like, we made and that we were able to do this kind of work for God. And it was just a great experience. And I plan to do it again. All right. Yeah, on, on the ride there, Jaden didn't talk much. But once we got there, Jaden didn't stop talking much, right? And it, you would have thought he'd been with the group forever. And Jaden, we love having you, man. We love you. So glad to have you with us on this trip. All right. Anyone else? Yeah, you're last. Okay, Michaela, come on up. I do want to give Josh his props. Josh was not just at the site. Josh was responsible for the work at the site. And... It wouldn't have gotten done without Josh. Hi, everybody. So I have been participating on Mission Surf trips since the summer going into my sixth grade year of school. Um, so I was doing the math today, and that is 10 years of Mission Surf. <laughs> um, and Mission Serve, for me, as a whole, has been really instrumental in my life in, in helping me decide what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, some of you here may know that I am currently attending Grace College and Theological Seminary. Um, and when I graduate, I do hope to work in missions. Um, I want to help coordinate groups coordinate churches, um, help them get resources, and in general, help them do missions effectively. Um, so that way they help the people that they're serving, but so that they also get something out of it. And I think that's something that Mission Serve does really well. I mean, we've been listening to all these students talk, and they're talking about how they got to help people and what those people got out of it, but also what okay. they got out of it and what they learned, which is really cool. Um, Sorry, I'm like really excited. I know. <laughs> um, she heard you all talking about rambling, so she's like, I got to get done fast. I need to talk. <laughs> I broke your chain of thought. You did. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, throughout these trips, as a student, I had opportunities to be the, um, the, the, the group chaplain for my squad. Um, I was the chaplain for about 
just about every year except for my sixth grade year. Um, and getting to do that, getting to lead the devotions and talking to other students and to the homeowners about what the theme was for that week um, and getting to pray with them um, really helped really helped me think, yeah, I, I could do this with my life. This is something I could be good at with more practice. Um, and so that's where I first started to get the little bit of calling that I now have. Um, and now as an adult, I didn't work as a squad leader or as an adult on the work sites this year. Um, instead, I followed him around. <laughs> And I learned how to prepare for a trip, how to get all of that organized with the paperwork for the students and the parents and for the organization. And then when we got there, I followed him and I learned how you be like the leader leader of these things. Um, I followed him around as he did administrative stuff, as he went to go to Walmart to go get fans because the rooms were too hot and get water for the different squads and to get various other things that we needed and also a whole lot of candy. A whole lot of candy. A whole lot of candy. I got, we have what we call a magical belt of sunshine that we bring to the squads during the day and it just gives them a little boost of energy with, with suckers and Jolly Ranchers and Ring Pops. And then we get to leave, so we don't have to deal with the aftermath. <laughs> um, but I love Mission Serve, and for me, it has been a large part of my life and my story. And I am so grateful that I've gotten to do this for as long as I have. She's still my daughter. <laughs> and I love getting to see how these how it just works with everybody, how it invests in students but in the homeowners as well. And I am looking forward to continue doing this for as long as I can with all of you and everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the end of the week, the last time that we made the trip, um, the lady at Walmart, the greeter, was like, hey, good to see you again, Pastor. And it's pretty, it's an interesting thing when you spend enough time at a local Walmart that you're not from, that by the end, they know that you are a pastor coming to buy stuff for a mission trip. Uh, but again, I'm very proud of our students and adults and all the work they did and everybody that was there with us. And I do want to thank you for supporting our efforts. We make it, uh, Mission Serve works to keep the cost of these trips down. Uh, but we as a church do even more than that to try to make sure that the cost is low for our students and to make sure that whoever wants to come can. And you've got a whole year to pray and to plan. And if you would like to join us on the trip, I'd love to have a conversation with you and see about making that happen in the near future. We are going to look at the Word of God, and we won't ramble too much, but uh, we, we are going to work <laughs> look. You're good. <laughs> we are going to look at the Word of God. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer right quick, and we'll shift gears just for a few minutes here. Father God, I thank you so much for your goodness and grace to us. I thank you for each of these adults and their students, these students and their testimonies of your work in their lives. Lord, we, we've got testimonies from the first time to, to someone who's been half their lives. Lord, and we know and we see that, that you do amazing things through opportunities like this, Lord. They are, they are clearly not vacations. They are times of, of ministry and hard work. And Lord, we are grateful to have students that uh, are so passionate about serving. And Lord, I believe it says a lot about the church. You don't have students who are passionate about serving if you don't have a church that is passionate about serving. And so, God, may that continue to be the, the case for us. May we continue to plant seeds in the hearts and minds of children and students that come up here, Lord, and adults, Lord. And may we continue to see fruit of service and gospel work come out of, from amongst us. 
Lord, we pray that you'd be with us as we consider the theme that we had this week and as we look at the truth of your word to consider how it impacts our lives here in Seymour, Indiana as we live every day. Be with us in this time, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you've heard the testimonies from the students. You heard them talk about uh, what they experienced and what they saw. And if you've looked up above and behind us, you notice that we have a big graphic that you haven't seen before on Sunday mornings. And it says, Rescue, Mission Serve 2023. And this was our theme for the year. It was looking at God's plan of rescue for humanity and looking at different characters and different stories and considering the overarching theme of how God's plan works throughout the Bible and considering how we might fit into that, whether it be um, God reaching out to rescue us individually in our lives and bring us to salvation or God reaching out to, to pull us out of messes that we've made of our own lives to bring us back onto the path of righteousness or the ways that God wants to use us as tools to accomplish his rescue in the, in the lives of others, which is exactly what we were doing. I like to say, um, as the chairman of Mission Serve, when I talk to our board and our staff, I like to say, look, Mission Serve is not just about what we do out in the community. That is a component of what we do. We, we absolutely do great work on houses, doing roofs, and, and we've done over, I think it was $30 million. We've provided $30 million in labor and resources to communities over the 20 years that we've been in existence. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, a lot of homes and, and lives that, that are impacted in positive ways. But beyond that, we've had thousands and thousands and thousands of students and adults that have come through. And so there's two prongs to what Mission Serve does. And the first is the community development and the work that we do, the philanthropic and gospel work that happens in the communities. We invest in communities. But we are also investing in students. We are not just building and and building up homes, we are building up the next generation of leaders and missionaries that will go out and work and serve in our churches and communities. And if this is what kids these days are like, and I think it is, then we are in good hands for the future. Stop listening to what you see on TV. The one or two crazies that we see, are they do not represent the reality of the kids in our world. Kids these days are awesome. And there may be things that we need to work through with them, and I get they are different than your generation, but I promise you there is hope and a lot of it. So this week we talked about rescue. And as I was driving home, I was a little bit panicked because, you know, as I said, I didn't have anything prepared. I had just left it to the students. And I was like, what's going to happen if we get there? Because a lot of them were reticent to speak. It's like, what's going to happen if we come in and they talk and they're done in five minutes? I don't want you all getting used to that. So like, God, what do you want me to say? How do I bring this all together at the end? And God brought to mind a story in the Bible that I think illustrates what we are doing as mission servants, what we are to do, and what we should take from this morning as we go out and live our lives as well. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 1. Acts chapter 9, starting in verse... Um, one, it's the conversion of Saul, who we know as Paul, right? And it says this. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, any Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias! 
Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all those who call upon your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This, is, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. So we see this story, right? Again, this is, this is Saul, whom we know as Paul. And I like to say this every time I give this message and talk about this passage because um, we get it wrong. He did not change names. He wasn't Saul, and then he became Paul after he was saved. He was always Saul and Paul. Saul is his Hebrew name. Paul is his Gentile name. It's the same name, just whether or not you're saying it in Hebrew or Aramaic or Greek, right? So don't say it. He did not change his name. Just change in which version was being used. But what do we see in this story and how does it apply to what we've just heard and what we're to do in our lives as we serve the Lord in our communities? First thing that, we, that jumps out off the page, the very first thing we see is we find someone who is in desperate need of redirection. Someone who is in desperate need of salvation. Someone who is doing What he thinks are all the right things, but coming to all the wrong conclusions, someone who is looking for salvation in all the wrong places. And let me assure you that there are countless people in our world looking for salvation in all the wrong places. You don't have to look far. Saul clearly thinks he's in the right. He thinks he's doing the Lord's work. He thinks he's serving and protecting the the way that life should be lived and and trying to point, point other people down the right path. The truth is, we like to vilify Saul because he was the villain as it concerned Christians, but but Saul believed he was being a hero. He believed he was on a missionary journey even now. But instead of following God, Saul was actively fighting against him. And if we really think about it, is Saul really that concerned about the advancement of God's kingdom? Or is Saul, like many of us oftentimes, more concerned about the advancement of Saul? I mean, if we look over, I don't have a lot of time to get into that. But if you look at it, the reality is Saul is really concerned about Saul. Which most Pharisees were. They were concerned with with preserving their power, their prominence, their position. They were worried about making sure that they were in a good position to enjoy a good life. It's a trap that, that easily we as Christians can fall into as well. But we see in society, right? That is what everybody is looking for. The pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. It's the American dream. In truth, Saul is blinded by the realities of his life, his upbringing, the cultural climate of his day, his own hopes and dreams, and a host of other factors. And these all serve to obscure Saul's view of the truth and served as a boat anchor that were pulling him into the abyss of sinfulness and of the culture and currents of this world around him, threatening to take his very life. We see a man, Saul, trying to find hope in all the wrong places. You know, last week, as we went around Huntington, West Virginia, we saw the realities of the brokenness of the world in stark living color. You may not know this, but Huntington, West Virginia, is the depression capital of America. We're about 10 years running now. They... 
in all of the research polls, Huntington, West Virginia, consistently comes in the top ten, usually is in the top two, which is interesting because they are back and forth for number one in a battle for number one with a city not only an hour away, Charleston, West Virginia. And that hopelessness was apparent everywhere, you could, everywhere we went. The reality of people looking for hope and the difficulty to find it. There were street upon street where, I kid you not, full blocks of houses were boarded up and dilapidated and falling apart. And other houses where people were living were just as bad. They just didn't have boards on the windows. They probably should have. As we drove around, we saw uh, community centers where people were literally sleeping around the whole block around the community center, outside. There was no shortage of community centers in which we went to work or food banks. Here in Seymour, we have two or three, and we're like, man, that's a lot for a small town. But the need is clearly here. There, there were dozens. We could not have gone and worked at all of them. Poverty, the realities of poverty were, were everywhere. The realities of, of drug abuse were clear and apparent everywhere. We, we could see it in the streets as people walked by and, and, and people would, would pass. You could see the, the look and the glazed look in their eyes as they tried to numb the feelings and the hurt of what they were feeling in their lives and what they were experiencing. And sometimes it's easy to get a holier-than-thou mentality when we see that and think, well, man, they're getting what they deserve. But, but let's be real, folks. A lot of these people that are using drugs are not doing it to have a good time. They're trying to escape the struggle. They're trying to escape the hurt in their hearts and the reality of the brokenness around them. And it is a real struggle here in Seymour. We see it, right? But there, did you know that in 2016, President Barack Obama made a trip to, to Huntington, West Virginia, because in four hours, 26 people died of drug overdose. 26 people in four hours. That brokenness still exists there. All of these are evidences of people who are searching for hope, searching for salvation, searching for escape and, escape and often doing it in wrong, all the wrong places or not finding it at all. Some are, aren't even, some just have their hands out and are hoping that someone will come and do something. Some are calling out to the Lord and hoping that ambassadors of the Lord will make an effort to come and help them in their time of trouble. Again, you don't have to spend a week in Huntington to see the hosts of people who surely want to live a good life but are trusting in the wrong things or not finding the help they need, even in our community. We can see it out in the streets here in Seymour if we're looking. But as a church, we've brought it right to our doorstep. Come any night of the week and you'll see the reality of people who are searching for hope. Like Saul, they find themselves fighting and oftentimes fighting against God rather than with God. Pushing God away as God is the very thing they need. Brothers and sisters, the world need hope, needs hope. The world needs healing. The world needs Jesus. What's great about this story of Saul is God even had a plan for Saul, even as Saul was fighting against God. And God had a plan to save Saul back then, and God has a plan to rescue people today. You know what the plan is? Everyday, ordinary people like you and like me are God's preferred avenue to take his rescue into the world. I love this about this story. Because we, we meet a guy named Ananias. And the passage doesn't tell us much about him. He's not a pastor. He's not a prophet. He's, he's not extremely well trained according to what we see. All we see is that he's a man named Ananias, which consequently was an extremely common name. It's like Joe back then. So here we got a go, guy, a regular Joe named Ananias, and, and he is a disciple of Jesus. That's the only things we know about him. A guy named Joe who's a disciple of Jesus. And God comes to him and says, Ananias, I got a plan for you. I want you to go 
to this place. I'm going to send you out to a specific place to share the gospel with this man named Saul. You notice Ananias is less than thrilled. Ananias is like, ah. You know, Lord, <laughs> Lord, um, I don't know if you've seen the news. Uh, I don't know if you've been reading the papers lately and watching what's been going on around the Jerusalem area, but word out of Jerusalem that this Saul guy is bad news, and he's done some terrible things to your followers there, and um, I'm one of your followers, and so uh, maybe me going is, uh, is that the best idea? It's like super passive-aggressive him saying, Lord, thanks, but no thanks. Interestingly, it's kind, of, it's kind of like some of our students. I'm like, hey, who's going to share and, and speak? And they're like, ah, uh, uh, I could find somebody else. You know, and we're like, and, and I don't mean to throw them under the bus because they did a great job. We had more than enough come up. But that's us too. We're like, oh, man, you know, um, so uh, I just really got other things. I've got some stuff I got to do. And so I don't know if I can make that happen. Or, um, hey, well, you know, uh, I just am, I'm not so good with that kind of people. And so I just don't feel comfortable and, you know, trauma and all that. And so I don't know if I can handle that. And, oh, I just, you know what? I've never been trained in how to speak to people. And I don't know how, which is, all of these are excuses that you see throughout the Bible. And over and over again, God says, I'm not really concerned about your opinions or excuses. You know what I want from you? And hear this from me. Hear this from me. The Lord does not want your opinions and excuses. You know what the Lord wants from you? Obedience. God is not confused about what's going on in his world. He knows. He, he's aware. So when God comes to us and he tells us something from the truth of his word, he's not asking for us to argue and debate the merits of his calling on our life. He's asking us and telling us and commanding us to go, which is exactly what he does to Ananias. Ananias, I didn't ask for your opinion. Go. And if you look in your Bible, the first one, the go is part of the phrase. If you look in the second one, it's got an exclamation point behind it because it's its own point. Didn't ask. Telling. Go. It was an invitation. Now it's an order. It's an order that we share, right? Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Or we can go back to Matthew 25 where Jesus says, look, if you didn't give a drink to someone who was thirsty and you saw them, if you didn't give something to eat to someone that was hungry and you saw them, if you didn't help that person that was hurting and you saw it and you kept on moving, if you didn't do the good thing that was before you that I laid there, and I impressed upon your heart to do. You didn't do it for me. You see, that's the thing. It's not just about them. We're not just failing those people when we fail to reach out in, in love and grace and to, to help them and to offer them rescue. We are failing the Lord himself. And I don't say that to guilt us, but we need to understand that. We are God's method. Regular, everyday, ordinary people like you and I. God so loved the world. We like that, right? That's John 3.16, and we like it when we approach it, to, uh, uh, apply it to you and I. But let's change it a little bit because I think the past tense confuses us a little bit. God still so loves the world. In all of its mess, in all of its despair, in all of its dirtiness, in all of its sinfulness, God still is in the business of saving sinners like us. And he's doing it through people like you and I, people that are woefully unprepared and not ready and feel under-equipped and don't feel qualified. I told the students this week, I still feel as I stand up in front of those groups with other capable pastors and youth pastors, I feel like surely there is someone in this room who could be doing this better than me. And surely there's someone in their seat saying, thinking to themselves, I, I could do this better than him because that's what I would be thinking. You know what? That's great. That might be true, but you know why I'm doing it and they're not? Because God called me to that assignment. God isn't concerned whether you feel qualified or capable. That's his business. He'll take care of that. What God wants us to do is go where he sends us and do what he said, and he'll take care of the rest. See, we aren't the active agent in it. 
I was thinking about this rescue thing, and it reminded me of this bag that I used in a previous sermon one time, and, and we were just in West Virginia where I, I used one, but this is called a rescue throw bag, and you use these on whitewater, right? And so what happens is if you fall out of the boat, if you fall out of the boat, the, the person will grab the rope here, and they will look out to where the person is, and they will throw the rope. And you're to grab the rope. Now, who is, where is the saving element at in this relationship? Aaron, stand up for me, buddy. Where, where is the salvific element happening? Where is the energy to save Aaron at right now? Uh, so someone says it's Aaron or in the bag, right? Okay, in the bag. So who says it's in the bag? Anyone think it's the rope itself? Where is it? It's me. Now, I want to be clear. We are not the person on the boat pulling. Right? We are the bag and the rope. We're just the thing that's been sent out in the world, and the Lord is the one that's on the rope pulling people to safety. We're just a tool in God's hand. The, the rope is nothing. It's, it has zero capability or capacity to make any difference or save anyone in and of itself, right? But in the hands of someone on solid ground, it makes all the difference in the world. The question you and I have to ask is, are we willing to go out into the abyss, into the unknown, and be used by God? It's not really important. Like, it is important what we do out there. But ultimately, what's more important is what God is doing with us when we get there. And God promises that his word will not return void, that his work will ultimately stand. And even the gates of hell will not stand against his church. That's you and me. Brothers and sisters, God is sending each of you out into the world to rescue men, women, and children from the abyss of this world, from hopelessness, from despair, from sin. Are we willing to be his ambassadors? All y'all stand up. Turn around. These young people and adults were Christ's ambassadors this week on your behalf. They were tools for the rescue needed in the lives of these people. And sometimes that rescue was Matthew 25. They needed something to eat. They needed something to drink. They needed work on their house. Sometimes it was a relationship. I think that that woman that came out and worked with them, the work on the house was secondary to the work she got to do with them. Sometimes they needed prayer and a scripture to encourage them. But none of those things would have mattered or happened if it wasn't for these tools of the Lord who were sent out into an unknown area that at times felt a little bit sketchy. They willingly went out and allowed God to use them. May we follow their example. May we do the same in our everyday lives and may God use us as tools to bring men, women, and children to the safety of the solid ground, the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. Father God, we celebrate the work that you continue to do and that you have done and ask that you would continue to work in and through us by the power of your strength and your strong right hand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.